This is Crypto Radio, powered by MoneyWeb, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. The Blockchain Africa Conference is being held over two days on the 18th and 19th of March 2021. And while it's normally held in a hall this year because of COVID, it's going to be a virtual conference. This is a fascinating conference for those eager to catch a glimpse into the future of cryptos and blockchain. Cryptos and blockchain technology are moving away from the hype towards mainstream adoption. Not only are we seeing the entrance of tech and payment giants such as PayPal, Square and Facebook and institutional investment going into cryptocurrencies, but we're also seeing the implementation of what is known as central bank digital currencies or CBDCs. And that's by central banks such as in China. Now, organizer of the conference, that's the Blockchain Africa Conference, is Sonia Kunal of Bitcoin Events. First of all, welcome Sonia from Cape Town. Thank you, Kieran. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast again. Thanks for having us. Good stuff. There are some really fascinating discussions going on in this program this year. For example, how stable coins are going to change the global import-export market. This is quite something. What else are we going to be able to hear from this, this year's conference? Yeah, Kieran, so there's a very exciting lineup of discussions. And obviously, in line with the theme of the conference, which is from hype to mainstream, um, the conference is going to showcase a lot of the topics that explore both cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology and how this is maturing in the space. So how are we seeing a shift away from the blockchain experiments that we've had in the past and away from the hype that we've had in the past towards the development of really robust enterprise-ready solutions? And obviously included in that is how cryptocurrencies are now also going mainstream. So yeah, some of the topics we're looking at, uh, you know, we're going to start the conference off with an overview of blockchain. So the topic is really the state of blockchain. And one of our keynote speakers, Sandra Rowe, who's the CEO of the Global Blockchain Business Council, will be talking about the landscape and how it's evolved over the last year and what are the most prominent use cases for this technology. So we've also got another very interesting keynote address by Henry Oslozian from PwC on what are the latest global crypto institutional trends. So as you know, and as you've mentioned before in your podcast, we're seeing a lot of institutional money going into cryptocurrency. So his talk is going to be talking about this and why there is so much interest from institutions going into cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, but also Ethereum. There is a move towards Ethereum uh, you know, interest as well. And in line with that, we've also got a very interesting fireside chat with Peter McCormack. He's very well known in the space, and he's the host of the uh, What Bitcoin Did podcast. He's based in the UK. He's going to be hosting the fireside chat, and he's going to be speaking to Dan Hull, who's the uh, in charge of growth and development at Kraken, one of the largest uh, exchanges in the world. And they're really going to be discussing this further, and also, you know, what their price predictions will be. There's been some wild price predictions in the past, so we're asking them to talk about their personal price predictions and why they have these predictions and you know, sort of substantiate those predictions to some degree. They're also going to be talking about the retail interest in this as well. That's not just the institutional interest, but also the retail interest. The retail interest in um, what? In cryptocurrencies. So, okay. you know, why the retail market is so interested in buying and speculating on cryptocurrencies and which cryptocurrencies they're particularly interested in. You know, obviously the top three are the, the most well-known and most talked about, but there are other 
cryptocurrencies which are receiving a lot of attention as well from the retail market and you know especially in the DeFi space that's happening as well. One of the big themes that came out last year, we talked about the institutional investment, a huge amount of institutional flows into Bitcoin, and it looks like it might be starting to go into Ether as well. Another big trend that happened was the crypto adoption in Africa. That was quite fascinating. It really is beginning to explode. It's easy to understand why. It's because the loss of faith in local monetary governance. I mean, if you're looking at the Zimbabwe dollar or the Zambian kwacha, no matter what it is, the South African rand actually strengthened last year. But Generally speaking, over a long period of time, you know, we've got terrible monetary governance, surely. And that's why cryptos are doing so well. Most definitely. You know, that's one of the panels that we'll be talking about. And we've got some very interesting speakers from all over Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, in South Africa, um, to talk about that. Because, you know, we saw in 2020 there was a large amount of adoption of Bitcoin in particular and other cryptos in Africa. So we're going to be exploring the reasons for this. And, you know, some of the reasons, obviously, is that Africa's got a very young tech-savvy population. And obviously, the weaker local currencies and also making it hard to get dollars in Africa. And also, you know, things like the monopoly that some of the money transfer companies have is making it difficult for people. And so you're seeing crypto payments and crypto remittances growing significantly in Africa. So that's increasing the adoption of, you know, cryptocurrencies in Africa. And we're seeing large global crypto exchanges also looking now at Africa to expand their operations here. You know, Binance recently also set up in South Africa and they're also in several other African countries and they're doing really well on the exchanges. Their volumes are really high. So Africa is, you know, very much on people's radar because of the very high adoption that's going on here. And obviously... There's been some reports, particularly Chain Analysis had a very interesting report that reported that Africa is ranked second in P2P trading globally. Um, that's very interesting. And Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa are in the top eight of, of the crypto adoption index. Obviously, Nigeria is leading the growth. And, you know, I, I read somewhere that they said between 5 million to 10 million uh, is happening in peer-to-peer volumes you know, and uh, Kenya and South Africa is in second place with an average of $1 million to $2 million per week. Hmm. Um, so that's quite a significant volume. All right, talk about some of the innovations in decentralized finance, which is also known as DeFi. A lot of the big things that are predicted for DeFi in the next few years, where you're basically going to be able to borrow and lend and earn interest. Uh, well, that's already here. You know, DeFi exists. I think what's going to happen over the next few years is this is just really going to explode. And it's going to be a challenge to the to the banks to stay ahead of this. But what do you think? Is there a little bit more hype in this than uh, than reality? Look here, Kieran, I think there is a lot of hype right now. You're seeing it. It's still very early days. You know, last year at our March conference, we only had one speaker talk about DeFi. And straight after that, the space exploded from March till now. So it's still very early it's still, it feels a little bit like the world west, really. There's a lot of companies who, you know, are not so legitimate. So you've got to do your homework when you start looking at the DeFi space. It's also quite complicated to get into. So you've got to really go deep into understand which are the real projects to be looking at. But in that breath, there are so many exciting projects and it provides so many opportunities for people. Um, you know, off the top of my head, you know, um, there's, there's platforms that you, where you can in, interest, such as Compound and Aave where you, you know, uh, lend and borrow at a significant rate of, of interest. So, for example, you know, the traditional lending and borrowing rate of 
traditional institutions, for example, in the U.S., is between 2 and 3% in general. But with the DeFi space, you're seeing a much higher rate of interest. You know, things like between 6 to 10%, even as high as 17.5% for borrowing and lending. So that's a very interesting space that's happening. And then, you know, you're seeing prediction markets. So, you know, people are betting on the outcome of events. For example, is a company, Orga, that's doing that in the DeFi space. So there's a lot of benefits. And I think, you know, it's like I said, a bit of the Wild West. And you've got to be careful. But, you know, as soon as there's regulation around this, you'll see it sort of coming, calming down a little bit. And you'll see the true innovation coming out more significantly. And I think when DeFi becomes a little easier to understand for the average person, you'll see a lot more adoption of that technology. But yes, it's something to watch. Certainly, we're going to be talking about it at the conference. And um, yeah, it's it's a very interesting space to be in. Okay, what about regulation? I mean, Bitcoin and blockchain technology were born with privacy and financial autonomy baked into the DNA of these technologies. But with regulation now coming all over the world, is privacy over? And what does this mean going into the future? This is one of the subjects that you're going to be discussing at the conference, right? Yes, it is. So, I mean... Regulation always plays a very big role at our conferences from the very beginning in 2015 when we hosted our very first one. And um, we're very privileged to always have the regulators from the South African Reserve Bank coming to talk about this. But I think, Kieran, you know, the regulators are looking at implementing uh, financial surveillance uh, similar to what existed in the traditional banking system. And this is really to undermine the ability of cryptocurrency users to transact anonymously. And, you know, we've heard the regulators say that cryptocurrency is aimed at privacy. They're just too much risk for the regulators. So, yes, I think to a large degree, privacy of transactions is going to be impacted once the regulation is in place. And this is something that people just, you know, have to make peace with. As much as Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies was created for many purposes, solving the double spend problem, it's also people wanted to remain, uh, keep their privacy for their financial transactions. So there's arguments for both sides. But I think, you know, the regulators want to collect identity uh, data about people. And, you know, there's scrutiny, for example, on self-hosted cryptocurrency wallets. They don't have insight into those wallets. They, they are wallets that are hosted off third-party exchanges. And that's a problem for the regulators. And Particularly, I think their concerns around money laundering is an issue and they want to be able to have insight into large sums of money going through exchanges and self-hosted wallets. Um, so, you know, there's no built-in protocol in place currently that captures real-world identities on the blockchain and the regulators have an issue with that. So there's no way of getting around that and they're going to start looking at that very seriously and enforce KYC and AML especially at the crypto exchange level. Which, which is anti-money laundering, AML. Yeah. yeah, and know your customer. And yeah. that's, you know, that's how the banks are regulated currently. And if we start looking at regulating crypto as financial assets, financial products, which is South African regulators are saying they're looking at, then that is the way it's going to go. But I think also in that uh, line of thought, you know, the privacy coins are a problem for these regulators. So I think they're going to suffer the most. You're already seeing a lot of crypto exchanges that are delisting some of the coins such as Monero and Bcash and even Dash, which is interesting. Right. Just to explain um, to people yeah. that those are coins, those are privacy coins that you mentioned where they're completely anonymous. They, they can't be tracked. So uh, yeah. a lot of exchanges don't want to fall foul of regulators, so they're delisting coins like Monero and Dcash and, and some other ones, right? That's correct. And, I mean, there's no ways that the regulators can 
enforce AML and KYC regulations on those privacy coins. It's just impossible. So that's that's going to be a problem for them, and you're going to start seeing more exchanges starting to delist them. Um, and so the survival of Manira and Zcash, you know, I'm not sure where that's heading. I think a lot of people will go underground and still try and use them for transactions, but they're going to have a problem when they come onto a third-party exchange and try and sell those coins because the third-party exchanges won't be allowed to um, accept them when regulation comes out. Do you think they'll survive? It's hard to say, and I think you know, I think in some way they might still survive underground. I think there might still be some exchanges that aren't regulated will continue listing them. You know, regulation is slow, so it's going to take some time before the regulators, um, you know, decide to completely either ban them. And we've actually seen, I think it's in France, where they're looking at banning privacy coins completely. Right. That goes underground. It just starts going underground on the dark web and things like that. So mm. I don't think they will completely not exist in the future, but it definitely is going to become sort of uh, minimal usage of them. And you, you certainly won't be using them for payments to right. a third party or okay. a, a retailer. What, yeah. are, what are banks going to do to bring themselves into the crypto and the blockchain space? I think this is another theme that's going to be picked up at the conferences. The response of the banks has been very patchy. You know, some are onto it and some are not. And uh, this thing is moving so fast, you know, can they really ignore it? Is this one of the themes that you're going to be exploring in some detail? Yes, we want to explore that. Um, you know, what we saw in South Africa, it was interesting. Uh, in 2015 or 16, 17 and 18, the South African banks were very interested and they were building proof of concepts around this and they were setting up research departments. And since then, they've gone very quiet in South Africa, particularly. But what we're seeing in the U.S. and Asia in particular, is there's a, a lot of interest from the banks. And, in, and, you know, I can give you quite a few examples of where banks they are either partnering with cryptocurrency-based uh, companies like Ripple, for example, or they're creating their own digital exchanges, or they're offering custodial wallet services. So, interesting enough, J.P. Morgan has been very anti, you know, the CEO, uh, Jamie Dimon, has been very... Um, negative about cryptocurrencies, but they, in fact, have created their own JP Morgan coin. And that enables instant transfer of payments between their institutional clients. So that's very interesting. And then in Singapore, one of the largest banks in Singapore is basically launching its own digital exchange. As I mentioned before, there are several banks, especially in Japan, partnering with Ripple to enable, you know, cross large cross-border transactions. And these uh, you know, Santana, for example, is one of those banks outside of Japan now, and West Bank and Standard Charter. So they're using that to settle transactions instantly. So I think, that, you know, you are seeing the banks starting to look at this, um, but not so much in South Africa, and that's probably, you know, something we'll see in the future. Uh, like I said, they have been very quiet recently about what they're doing in the blockchain space. But I think certainly in the more um, regulated environments such as Singapore and Japan, um, where you know crypto is legal tender now in Japan and Singapore's regulatory authorities are very progressive, you are seeing the banks actually feel comfortable going into the space. Okay, where can we find out more about the Blockchain Africa conference? So you can go to our website. It's blockchainafrica.co. It's not .co.za. It's blockchainafrica.co. We've got our list of speakers there. We've got the program up, and you can just click the register button in the top menu. Tickets are for free, so please come and join us. It's going to be a very interesting uh, program over two days. Um, 
yeah, so we look forward to seeing everyone there. Right, and of course, Mining Web will be there as well. So we invite everybody to come and join us as well. Sonia Kunal, thank you so much for telling us a little bit more about that. And we'll keep up to date with you on events because I think you're still booking speakers and you've got some more themes that maybe you'll be filling in the program with. Am I correct? You're correct. So we're still busy confirming quite a few speakers. We'll be announcing them in the next few days. So look out for that. There's some very exciting speakers we're announcing. And um, Kieran, thanks for being a media sponsor and MoneyWeb being a media sponsor. We appreciate it and we look forward to having you there. Great stuff, Sonia. That's Sonia Colonel of Bitcoin Events.